0: We never stop searching for her, Henry stated. Until we see a body, there's still a chance she's alive somewhere. Henry was ready to slog through the snow and reclaim his snowmobile when something in the corner of his sight made him glance up to the skies again. There were two ebony specks way across the caldera, growing larger every second as he watched. Oh, no. I think we need to get out of here right now, Henry said between gritted teeth, but not too loudly. Who knew how good dinosaur ears were and from how far away they could hear a human voice, especially if they were listening for one? Jillian and Kylie looked where Henry was looking, and their eyes widened. The two specks were now big birds, but not birds coming their way. Now they were huge, wing-flapping, pterodactyl-looking nightmares. Almost there, they were flying so fast— like jets with fangs grasping clawed wings and powerfully long tails that could bat a small airplane out of the sky. The only mind picture that came to Henry was how he and his rangers had tried in vain to shoot down the one monster as it had flown lickety-split above them on phantom ship island. Jillian was a terrible shot, and Kylie not much better But Henry hadn't been able to hit the monster that time either, and the two rushing towards them were even bigger and faster. There was no way they could hit the dinosaurs with their Bushmasters and his MP7 as long as the beasts were flying. If they ever had to kill one of them, they'd have to catch it on the ground. These coming were not on the ground. Only other option they had was to hide somewhere so the creatures wouldn't see them. He couldn't take the chance they'd shoot at them and miss again. Next thing they knew, one or all of them would be clutched in the beast's claws and carried away to heaven knew where, and as heaven knew what? Dinosaur Happy Meals. Bury yourself under the snow along the bottom of the guardrail. Hide in it. Dig, he hissed to his companions. Don't let them see you. It was a good thing their coats were white, extra camouflage. He didn't have to repeat the instruction. There was a thick, built-up ridge of snow the wind had piled up along the fence, and the three men slid into different sections of it and burrowed in like scared bugs. The snowmobiles were on their own. Henry frantically shoveled snow over his body, covering himself as best he could, and began praying. He also prayed his companions had also hid themselves well enough. His pistol was at his waist, yet he hadn't time to take his MP7 off the snowmobile— but the machine was feet away if he really needed his weapon. All their weapons were near, not that they'd help much, not that they could hit the flying rockets above them. Just how good were those things' eyes, their hearing, their sense of smell? He didn't want to know. He could hear the monster's cries somewhere overhead. Growing louder, more insistent, Henry's heart was beating wildly in his ears, and he tried to remain calm. Part of him wanted to lunge out of his snow tomb and run like hell, hide somewhere better, safer, ten feet down in the earth or in a bomb shelter. Another part of him was afraid to do anything, or it might alert the creatures. they were there, lightly buried in the snow. His body was quivering, from the cold or the fear he couldn't tell, and he fought to keep it from jerking under his snowy blanket. It was amazing how a body physically reacted to danger. Uncontrollable. He kept seeing that gargoyle snatching up the trolley and plunking it into the lake. He kept seeing Hugo's fangs, or the infant gargoyle's bloodied teeth as it snarled at them from the nest on Phantom Ship Island. They were meat-eaters. He remembered the dead deer. The cries had become roars that filled the sky. When he dug into the snowdrift, he'd shifted his body and head, moved his arms up tight against his chest, his hand near his head as if to protect himself. By moving his fingers on one hand, he poked three holes in the snow above him so he could breathe and see. Then he wished he wouldn't have. The monsters were hovering above Skellhead, their glittering eyes x-raying the snow below the concealed Henry and his rangers. One of them flapped its wings and lowered itself down, not more than fifteen, twenty feet from where Henry was hiding, just the size of the thing so close above him felt like a weight pressing him into the ground. Then the second one swooped down, not far from where Kylie was buried. Henry held his breath. Just when he thought they were goners for sure they'd be discovered, another cry echoed from across the caldera, a beckoning screech. And the two dinosaurs answered the call with their own screeches, dipped their wings and swung around in midair like tops, and soared away. God, that had been close. Henry took the chance and lifted his head from beneath the snow enough to see them go. Halfway across the caldera they were joined by the third one. From where Henry was, he thought, with a start, that one looked to be twice the size of either of the other two, and the three shifted in flight as one. There were three of them, and one was a spectacular titan that had to be, well, astonishingly larger in mass than the other two, and they were coming back this way. But the three zoomed past them toward Mount Scott and merged into the mountain's murky shadows. They must be nesting there. Apparently, Phantom Ship Island hadn't been big enough for them once they'd begun to grow into the giants they were meant to be. Henry jumped up from his hiding place and yelled at his two rangers, "'Let's get our snowmobiles and get off the rim! We're too easy pickings here!' Again, he didn't have to yell it twice." Two other frozen humans popped out of the snow, and they stumbled to their snowmobiles. As they revved their machines off the crater's rim, Henry couldn't stop thinking about what they'd do next.